Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Alex Rudchinski. He is a Czech practitioner, level four, a personal trainer, a neurosomatic therapist, massage therapist, and honestly, you have so much background. I'm so excited to have you back on the program. Thank you for being here. Of course, my pleasure. So I was hoping that we could delve into the topic of nutrition and diets for athletes. Um, in your opinion, what would be the best diet or what's the most common diet that you recommend for athletes? Um, so there is no one diet. <laughs> so the, the secret is broken. And, uh, <laughs> and there's no one diet that's going to be best for anyone. So you have to look at the chemistry of the individual. But if we don't do that, you have to, it's usually foods that they don't eat a lot of. Mm. and foods that, uh, and you monitor how they feel. Right. So they develop a relationship with their food. Um, a lot of diets like vegan, keto, and paleo, th- what they have in common is there's no processed food or mm. less processed food. Right. So they're eating real foods, which is great, and then they get results until five years down the road and then it starts becoming you need to manage your health a little bit differently because your body is detoxified to a point but it's still not the right harmony and I forgot it was Osho maybe it was Osho that said when you're growing a garden and the cabbage isn't growing you never blame the cabbage (laughs) you blame the soil is there too many nitrates not enough nitrates is there is it is it too rich is it is it too acidic is it is there not is there too much sunlight is there not enough sunlight is it warm is it too warm is it not warm enough Mm. and so you look at all the conditions that allow the the um the cabbage to grow and you never blame the cabbage because it's always the environment that shapes that cabbage specifically. And it, same thing with the environment in, in the gut, in, in the body, and in the organ health. So it doesn't matter always what you put in because what you put in could be extremely healthy on paper. But when it gets inside of your body, it just throws your chemistry completely off. Mm. And so there's different monitoring techniques and tools that you could use. But um, always eating cleaner. Whole foods is the most optimal way to um, restore your health, assuming that your organs are functioning, you have a good healthy elimination system, you don't have leaky gut, or you don't have a, pardon me, you don't have um, um, uh, candida, fungus, Mm. uh, infections, parasites. So those things throw off the harmony of the gut. Mm-hmm. And so you may not, you may not, in how long have you been eating poorly? You know, cause, cause the receptors in the gut may be shutting down and closed off because of bacterial growth and, and overgrowth. So they'll, they will close off. So you may not even receive the food that you're eating, no matter how organic and how nutritious it is, nutrition, it, nutritious it is. And, um, and, uh, so it all goes back to what is your current state inside your gut? Mm. What is what are you what have you been doing, and what what do you want to switch to, and where is your pain at? What organs are in dysfunction, and understanding 
how to map that into a system where you mm-hmm. can articulate to someone that, hey, this is how we got to eat for now. And then it'll change this at, you know, three months from now and it'll change this and this. And in, in, a, in, in a year, you'll be eating completely different. Because, and on top of that, people should also remember that your gut has three layers of sensitivities. So you have Ig, Ig, IgA factor, I think, IgM and IgG. And I get these mixed up because I didn't think we'd be talking about this. So I, I <laughs> couldn't get my facts straight 100%. But one of them is about, you, like when you eat some, let's say you're gluten intolerant, you eat gluten. And mm-hmm. I think IgA is instant. Like you'll say, oh, I feel terrible within a couple hours. IgG takes about uh, three months to show symptoms. So, you wow. c- so three months from now, you'll develop symptoms for something you ate, well, three months ago. Goodness. And then IgM, if I remember correctly, is about a year so if you don't eat clean and consistent for a year, you could be discouraged by the diet that you're on showing negative symptoms when it's a year ago that you're experiencing that. So on your birthday, you ate some you know, full of gluten cheesecake or whatnot and dairy and you're gluten and dairy intolerant. And now you're just, you're like, you know what? It's one day. Well, a year from now, you experienced symptoms, but six months ago, you started a new diet and now six months into your diet, you feel terrible. Mm. It's knowing that it takes a year for your bodies to heal the gut to get all that out of the way. So if you're discouraged by the symptoms you're receiving without keeping a proper food log, so you can go back and go, what just happened? Mm -hmm. And go, oh, I did eat something terrible, you know, for my system three months, six months ago, a year ago. And they're just showing symptoms. Okay, well, let me just push through this and cleanse my body out and see what happens Mm -hmm. because everything has a memory in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what's the best diet for athletes? A clean one. <laughs> and that's, a, and that's attuned to their chemistry. Mm-hmm. And so, and how you find that out is you have to, you have to have the real, you have to have the responsibility as a athlete to really pay attention closely to what food you're going, that's going into your system instead of, you know, someone handing you food and then you're just shoveling it to your mouth. And then there's no relationship there. It just mm-hmm. becomes a one way relationship where it goes inside and you just, you're, it's a gas you just move, mm-hmm. you know, but without acknowledging that you're bringing real life into the system. Mm. So a clean diet is the best diet, right. less inflammatory and figuring out and testing the food that you're eating. And if you eat something that's upsetting you, isolate it, eat that thing. If it hurts, take it out. And if you don't, it doesn't hurt when you don't eat it, then don't eat that thing that hurts your gut. Mm-hmm. And as you, as you heal, things may change and you may intru- introduce food. So it's a complicated tapestry of things yeah. that you have to do in order it to. sounds like it. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I feel like people, um, you know, they really like just being told what to do. They mm-hmm. like being, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times somebody e- emails me and like, oh, can you make me a meal plan? Can you tell me what macros I should eat? Can you tell me how much protein I should eat? And, you know, as a holistic health coach, I'm, you know, kind of a lot in the same boat as you going, well, actually, it, j- it just depends on so much. There's mm-hmm. not one single diet that's right for everyone. Mm-hmm. And then depending on what kind of life you lead, how active you are, how much stress you're under. I mean, there's all of these different little pieces mm-hmm. that are going to, um, you know, really significantly impact what the ideal diet is for you. Mm-hmm. Um and then definitely, yeah, saying that it takes a year for your body to truly, yeah, I guess, kind of detox from whatever way you've been eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many times somebody's like, oh, I tried being vegan for a couple weeks and it was horrible and I felt terrible. I'm like, well, 
you know, a couple weeks is really not a significant amount of time, A, for your body to adapt to eating in a different way. Because a lot of people are going from these like very big changes, like a whole lifetime of eating really processed junk foods. And I mean, just the foods that most people are eating, unfortunately, because that's what's available. That's what's cheap. That's what's in the restaurants, not to mention the fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, so like understanding that there's this transitional period as you're taking on a new diet and that your immediate responses or your body's immediate responses to the diet are, um, you know, nothing can be, you know, really taken in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like your response to eating vegan or eating paleo or eating whatever is that reaction because of all of the years of the way that you were eating before. Yeah. Um, it's like, can you imagine experiencing all that pain you put on your body for the last 40 years in one sitting? Mm. Like, no, your body gives it to you slowly. And it's, most people have this this idea of what a, like a cleanse is or like what a detox is. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I drink my three-day juice cleanse and I'm good. I'm detoxed. What does that mean? They don't know, you know, because to detox the body of heavy metals, to detox the body of toxicity and, and uh, other, uh, well, mercury would be under heavy metals, parasites, candida, it's painful because they infiltrate your body Mm. and you get worse significantly before you get better Mm. because they trick the body into thinking you want something. Mm. And so it's really, you're feeding two things. First, the parasites or the fungus, and then yourself, if you have any left over. But if the fungus and parasite eat all your sugar, well, now you have the rest, but you need more carbohydrates. So you eat more carbohydrates and you keep mm. feeding the cycle. Right. So when they start dying, it's uncomfortable. Brain fog, low energy, irritability. And if that's not explained to you, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And you think, oh my God, my body hates this diet. And well, why did I do this? Why did, yeah. you know. You know, it's like when, when you start martial arts, you're going to have some sore knuckles. You're going to have some sore joints. Or when you start exercising, you're going to have some sore muscles. and. Mm-hmm. And it just, if no one explained that to you, it's going to be really confusing to go through because, you know, you would think, I just changed my diet. I immediately get better, you know? And Mm. then it's like, but that's not true. But that's just the way we're taught. You get a degree, you get a good job, right? You go to the doctor, (laughs) you get a pill, you get better, right? You work out, you immediately lose, you know, 20 pounds in a month, you know? And it's like, well, assuming you do everything correctly, properly, maybe that'll happen. Right. Maybe you have the nervous system to support the movement. Maybe your body's not even invite, has enough vitality to support losing weight because if you lose fat where all the toxins are stored, your organs aren't even healthy enough to process that. Mm-hmm. So then here you are eating clean, not realizing you're eating clean to recover your organ health so that they can process all the garbage out of your system. Mm-hmm. So that way then you can remove the adipose tissue, which is containing all the toxicity. Now you could lose weight, right? Right. And so people, if, no, if no one explains that to people, they have a really hard time dieting and feeling terrible eating healthy mm-hmm. for a short period of time until they realize there's, it's going to get better, just like school. You know? <laughs> it's confusing and it's, you, know, you have homework and it's painful and you're giving up things you don't, and that you love to do, like going out with your friends to stay home and do homework, like you are going out to restaurants and drinking alcohol and eating processed food to stay home and cook your own meals yeah. until it becomes a habit. And then it just becomes a thing you do. But if no one explains that to you again, and I keep saying that because no one explains this to people, that it's painful. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, same thing with changing beliefs and changing movement patterns and changing um, diets and 
changing thought processes, it's not easy. And if it was, everyone would be doing it. And it's mm-hmm. a cliche that makes sense. Right. I love that you say that. Yeah. If it was easy, if it was just simple and painless and pain-free, then we would all be really fit and in perfect shape. And there wouldn't be like a multi-billion dollar weight loss industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things you had mentioned earlier was um, basically just kind of a recommendation of eating whole foods in their natural state, minimally processed. Um, and like you said, that's part of veganism, paleo, keto. It's a lot of different diets, you know, even Mediterranean diet. And, you know, one of the kind of overarching things is this recommendation. Uh, So with that in mind, what is your feeling on, you know, things like protein powder, whey protein? I can't tell you how many times I see like the big gigantic Mm -hmm. jugs of, you know, protein powder isolates, soy protein isolate, whey protein isolate. What is your feeling Mm -hmm. on products like that? Um, I want to answer that question, but first I want to add to something I said, which was, if it was so easy, everyone would do it. I just did want to say everyone can do it. Mm. They're just waiting for the experience and the time in their life for that they've learned what the pain that they've gone through has taught them, mm-hmm. and then it's easy yeah. because there's no other option. There's no other way of living once you set your mind to getting better. Mm-hmm. But some people need to go. Some people learn the hard way. They have to hit rock bottom. It's it's normal. It's what that's human experience, mm-hmm. and there's no way to talk them out of it. And that's also a beautiful thing to allow another human being to experience their own pain, because if we selfishly take away their pain, they lose their experience as a human being. So then they become codependent on your relationship to keep helping them instead of them hitting mm-hmm. bottom and then coming out of it as a as a more whole human being with compassion and empathy and experience as to what got them there in the first place. Mm -hmm. We can get back to protein powders. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you said that. And, um, and yeah, that's definitely something that we want to do on this program, you know, empower people to know that all of these goals, all of these things are, you know, they're reachable for all of us. Um, and hopefully through this program, we're able to kind of help people understand the steps to get to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, but certainly that it's, you know, it's discomfort. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime we come out of our comfort zone, which is probably why they call it a comfort zone in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, knowing that there's going to be, you know, a period of discomfort, be, you know, kind of through any transition, mm-hmm. but then also informed by how many years of, you know, conditioning, conditioning in, in ex- yeah. that the body is now having to recover from before it can actually start improving mm-hmm. or getting stronger or burning fat or whatever. Yeah. Protein powders. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. Protein powders. To answer your question, yeah. So protein powders goes the opposite of real food. It goes, and and so there there are 
instances where protein powders are great, so people with terrible digestion because they're such bad gut health that they need something to absorb. Mm. But I always recommend varying the foods that you're eating. So, for example, if you're a bodybuilder and you've always eaten chicken, broccoli, and rice, don't eat chicken and broccoli and rice for like a year, maybe more. Maybe you could be permanently intolerant to that. And every time you put chicken and broccoli and rice in your system, it completely attacks itself. And then you have all these symptoms like you were eating gluten, artificial flavors, and you're, you were lactose intolerant. Now you're eating dairy again, and mm. it's just flaring you up. And that's part of the leaky gut. It gets into your system, and your brain and your nervous system remembers what that is. So anytime you have a foreign substance in your body to attack it, even if it's deemed healthy. Right. Right. And so the, at a molecular level, it remembers what that is, and it attacks it anyway. And so when, when you take a protein powder, and most protein powders are made from when you take milk, right? You take the, 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 the sweet cream out of it, and then you, take the, you have the whey, and then, they, and then they break the whey down. So now you're just taking this whole thing, and then this goes to butter. The, the sour cream goes to uh, the sweet cream goes to butter and what other whipping creams and all this stuff that, that serves. Mm-hmm. And then they, the waste, which is the whey, the waste... They the sell waste. T- yeah, I like that. I like, I like that. it. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but that was good. <laughs> um, but uh, but the waste is uh, sold to humans, mm. and it was actually sold to other animals. But then they were like, "Why don't we just dehydrate it and sell it to people too?" Oh, and then uh, we'll just take this whole industry that we control and make everybody think that they need whey protein. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that the same thing they do with the grains? Like they split up part of the grain, they use the starchy part to make our enriched flour, and they went ahead and gave it a really great name like enriched to further confuse the heck out of everyone. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, use the other parts of the grain uh, to feed livestock and stuff like that. Like they're always just like, hey, let's take this food, let's split it up, and let's maximize our profit by feeding unhealthy things to two different groups of people, mm. or <laughs> animals I, I and know, people I kn- in that case. <laughs> Honestly, who knows? Because when what we feed animals are is completely unregulated, yeah. to a sense, you know. And even if, even if, um, even if they did, even if they were that careful feeding livestock, I, w- I wouldn't not believe that. But yeah. I think they're even more careless with livestock. Yeah. Like I know they feed them candy and you know wasted food and mm-hmm. whatever whatever it takes to get them nice and plump and. Right full of toxicity for people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not believe that. But, uh, um, what was the original? Oh, the way, the way protein. Then you're talking about the, how they split, split the it up, whey. Yeah. And then I was like, I think they do the same thing with grains. So. Yeah. And then they dehydrate the whey. And then, so then you have to put water in and then you shake it up and then that, you know, which is why you have to shake it up like crazy or else it it doesn't mix well. Mm. But then what happens when you you ever left a shaker cup in your car or, or in your house or like completely separates, it it just turns into a blob and then you turn the cup upside down and it just stays in there and you're like, Oh God, a couple days goes by and it reeks. And that's what it does in your system. And that's Mm. with eight to 20 ounces of water because that, those little shaker cups can only hold 20 ounces of water. It takes over a gallon of water to actually hydrate the um, the protein powder. And that's just for one scoop. And you take two or three scoops and you do it multiple times a day. Now you, that's going into your system and it's rehydrating in your colon. And your colon is responsible for pulling moisture out of your poop and putting it back into your body. And so, and also, you know, hydrating if it needs. And so if you have toxicity in your, in your colon, you will get diarrhea to flush things out of your system. Mm. And because poop is really important to health 
because if you don't poop, you're going to die. Mm. Right? It's just like blocking up a tailpipe in a car and letting the fumes back up into the car and all that toxicity you're going to breathe in and you are going to die in the car, which is what happens in the system. So you need to poop. And there's transit times, you know, every mm. 12 to 72 hours is what your food is what you should see and your food should leave your system. But stepping away from poop and talking about the gut and protein powders is when they get into your system, they need to rehydrate. So where does it pull the water from? Your intestine or your, your intestines, it pulls water from your cells, it pulls water from your skin. And so you're basically, while you're trying to maximize your muscular potential, you're also dehydrating yourself, Mm. which more importantly, hydration above protein, because if you're hydrated, you can buffer out things like lactic acid and have nutrient delivery systems work better. So all the food that you're eating gets into the system, Mm. keep your cells hydrated. What do we do? What do we do when things are overheating? You know, you could, you put them in the, uh, in water, right? When the pan is hot, you put it in water, cools it off. Mm -hmm. So it's a natural heat. Uh, it's a natural thermostat in our body. So when you take that away and you dehydrate someone, people start to calcify from an alchemical point. And so just the same way and the opposite, if you put too much some water, they putrefy and they turn to, you know, uh, um, kind of a sad thing. But if you've ever seen a, uh, someone that drowned before, they've kind of, everything's falling off of them. Everything is just rotted, mm. right? And so the same thing as you go to the, I'm sorry, the opposite thing is when you go to someone that's calcified, when you cremate someone, the last thing that's ever there is their sacrum because you can't, the sacrum is so dense that it can withstand the heat of fire. And so what happens is we have too much fire in our systems. We tend to calcify. So by adding protein powders to our food or to our lives, we're now dehydrating ourselves to the point where we're calcifying our, our ligamentous tissue, our muscles, our tendons, our mucous membranes. And what happens when we calcify is things snap. Because when gum gets hard, it snaps. It no longer has their elastic component. Mm-hmm. And so just drinking protein powders isn't going to cause that. But drinking protein powders along with excessive heat and exercise, excessive movement, excessive thoughts, because you move your thoughts too. Mm-hmm. And if you m- don't move your emotions, which is the opposite of movement, because thoughts should move, because emotions are emotion, energy in motion. And so if you're not moving your thoughts, that's creating chaos which your body has to contain, which you have to move through. So it's it's these compounded effects of mm. the food that you're eating causing more adipose tissue to come on or fat tissue to store more toxicity, and that creates heat in the body, which needs more water. But if you're not getting water, and it's, mm-hmm. that's how the cycle starts. And it's not just, I'm drinking protein powder, I'm fine. It's the whole right. gamma of things that back up the system. Mm. So, but constipation... Uh, dehydration is not worth it to me to get some protein when I can just eat a can of sardines and not only that, get 13 or 1400 milligrams of omega fatty acids in their pure form, not deconstructed in a pill, Mm -hmm. in their real form for my body to digest and recognize and use as its own leisure. Right. Then taking fish oils and protein from a sardine when Mm -hmm. I can just eat a sardine. Right. You know, assuming that I chew properly, you know, I, I'm breathing properly, so my body's digesting. I'm, I'm hydrated enough to the point where my body can process the food properly and hydrate the colon enough that it can, that it can produce poop and keep the, keep the colon lubricated enough for it to pass the poop. Mm-hmm. 
mm. instead of it just being s- s- instead of it's just sitting in my in, in the body. And so there's um, and commercial protein powders are not healthy. They're f- they're not just protein. Right. They're full of fillers. They're full of preservatives. They're full of more deconstructed junk and artificial sweeteners. A lot of them. Yeah. And almost. I will tell you because I had a lot of you know roommates that'll like leave one and leave, leave one around and i just like i, I don't know like a nutrition label junkie so i always like read the nutrition labels and yeah those artificial sweeteners are in pretty much every protein powder that i found like the commercial ones mm-hmm. the ones that you find it like gnc or whatever yeah. like um they're just putting the artificial sweeteners in everything um and you're right that's just one of many really harmful highly processed ingredients that most of those protein powders yeah know. And then, and, then, and, then, and then they've expanded with the whole paleo movement and the health conscious movement. They've expanded to collagen protein, which is better, I would say, than whey. Because at least, you know, from grass-fed cows, and even they've done grass-fed whey and things like that. But mm-hmm. I've tested and my body still doesn't do well with whey. And how many times we just talked about with diet, if you overconsume something, chicken, broccoli, and rice, and most bodybuilders don't just eat chicken, they eat a probably steak also. And if you overconsume beef for long enough, you also become allergic to it. And then you just, on top of that, you take a deconstructed a product like like a whey protein, which is made from beef, right? And, and um, consume that regularly for your whole lifting career. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have years of backed up colon, backed up uh, food sensitivity and then and on top of that just because you're you know you're done eating protein powders and you're done with your athletic career and you go back and eat a steak it can still cause you a problem mm. because you've ruined the rece- the receptors to allow that food in in the first place and now your body has a permanent allergy to it so now you're wow. you know you're itching patches on your skin gut bloating mm. you know itchy rectum there's so many different ways that it shows up but it shows up as symptoms and the symptoms need to be identified and traced back to the problem. But back to what I was saying about this, the, the, the paleo culture has opened things up. I've seen other things, like if you're going to experiment with protein powders, you can go get a variety of them. Like they have cricket protein powders where they just break up crickets and, you know. They're actually a great protein source, oddly enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in Cambodia they had a whole food shortage and they started eating insects. And they're a complete protein and they're very nutritious, but we just have an idea that that's gross. Right. So we don't eat it. Um, actually, I, cause I, uh, worked at the paleo FX conference, I guess it was a, a year or two ago, but I remember there were actually several booths where they had like various cricket related mm-hmm. things. And I was totally, yeah, had that reaction, like eating crickets. And then yeah. I remembered like, actually, you know, I did see this video years ago, this guy like talking about crickets and just like frying them up in a frying pan. Eating them. Yeah. But, um, so it's interesting, but as a complete protein, very fascinating, yeah. especially because, you know, as you're talking about these kind of, um, like food sensitivities that result just from overconsumption of certain things and always eating the same things because we're creatures of habit mm-hmm. and that, you know, even for myself, I notice that I like gravitate towards the same things. But for those people out there who may be from so many years of doing the whey protein or eating the chicken steak, eating the same things that, 
now there's actually an, a new alternative, a new protein source that if you want to get it in, um, I know that they've actually got like the whole food form kind of products out there, but then there's also the protein powders made from mm -hmm. that too. At least for someone out there that's looking for a protein powder replacement, that would yeah. be something they could try. Yeah. And there's a hierarchies of, of levels of recommendations that I give. Mm -hmm. Like if I have, if I'm seeing a client that is completely slammed to their teeth with, you know, responsibility. Mm. That may be the best option. Yeah. To manage what they have. Cuz if they can't cook or if they don't they can't afford a meal prep service, but they can afford protein, I'm going to settle with that. That yeah. um, I don't have a belief system where that says I you cannot do something. Mm. Because if this can serve you for a short time until you get through a period of tough times mm. and your body is going to still progress and not go backwards, I have I definitely believe that people should experiment with things and but they should experiment with the best quality right right so if they can't you know if they're driving on the road or flying and they can't carry meals with them yeah carry a sack of powder with you and that'll help carry you through to your next meal mm -hmm. and then where you can where you can sit down and have a good quality meal and pick out what you want or if you're traveling know that you're tra you need to travel to a place with a kitchen and then cook for yourself and because we don't, i don't travel with like in hotels. I go to Airbnbs. I make sure it has a kitchen. Yeah. I know I, I always look up where the nearest grocery store is. And and um, the next thing what I, what I recommend to people is if, if you're not eating from where you're from and you haven't tried that, try it. You know, because someone can, people can argue with me about potatoes, russet potatoes being a starch and it's not good for you and there's low nutrient value. But either is nutrients for a cactus. You know, and cactus will thrive in nothing. So it adapts just the same way as my body can take something that my ancestors have eaten for a long time and adapt to it and, and pull all the nutrition out of it. But if you are eating for it, maybe the wrong foods and you became allergic to them mm -hmm. because, you know, if you take the, the, the native origin of the food and you change the quality, make it bad quality with vegetable oils and, you know, uh, commercial raised cows or, you know, lamb and you're just eating, you know, toxicity and your body becomes allergic to it. Well, now you try to eat similar, but a different con from a different country, a different part of the world. And it give you, give your body a break long enough for it to re rest from the food that you've been e overeating for the last, I don't know, 10 to mm. 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Mm. And so same macronutrients, different foods from different areas, right? So if you eat heavily fat and protein, uh, then, then still do that, but just different foods, whether it be, you know, if you've eaten, overeaten salmon and you want to eat fish, eat, eat, you know, sardines and mackerel and different types of fish, mm -hmm. you know, cod, drum, there's so many different things that you can eat, but we just have an idea that chicken, cows, salmon are the commercial livestock but why not rabbit? Why not squirrel? Why not, you know, you know, boar? Why not, you know, even deer? Deer's like a, a too gamey of a cow, you know? They'll just go and, you know, but even, even then, why don't we commercially sell raised deer? It's an interesting question. You know, I mean, because it's not as easy. There's not enough, there's not enough meat. Mm -hmm. You can't just feed them whatever and they won't get really overweight and fat and delicious and plump. They'll still taste gamey. Yeah. And so we're tailoring these animals to people, mm. to people's needs and over consuming them and creating problems. Mm -hmm. Just, just, the, just the same way. If you take one Tylenol, 
you're not going to die. But if you take 20 of them, you may have a problem, you know? Right. And if you take it every day, several times, a couple times a day, every single day for many years, like there's actually more liver toxicity, uh, liver toxicity from Tylenol than from alcohol, which is like people, you know, just, you know, like you said, we don't, you know, we don't often think about mm-hmm. like how do these things we're eating really mm-hmm. affect us and those things that are maybe promoted to us as healthy or they're called medicines like Tylenol or mm-hmm. whatever that like, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that that thing is good for you or that you can have it every single day and not yeah. expect to have some kind of negative detriments result. Yeah, exactly. And it's, thank you for finishing my thought because I said the first part and the last part <laughs> missed the middle part and then you perfectly just said the middle part, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, food, food is a very powerful medicine. It's also a very, you know, so is medicine. Mm-hmm. So is, so are spiritual medicines. And so, and, but if you overdo any one of those without the proper guidance and the proper, um, uh, feeling of what's going on in your body without the proper purpose, anything can cause a problem right? Mm -hmm. Too much strawberries. If you eat nothing but strawberries long enough, you'll probably get diabetes. Like it doesn't matter how organic they are. If you grew them yourself, if that's what you eat all the time, you'll have a dysfunction, especially if you're more of a a carnivore type, more protein type or more fat type. And so, uh, or a polar type, I guess, Mm -hmm. in in, in the, um, in the, what is it? The metabolic typing Mm -hmm. um, mindset. And so your body can't handle that. Now you have a problem. Mm Mm-hmm because you're not giving your body what it needs. It's like Mm -hmm. putting diesel in your gas car. They're both gas, but they're comprised differently, and the car drives one way to another. And even gas has three different gases. There's four different gases, no more. Mm -hmm. 85, 87, 89, 92, I see 93. Then there's 101, 102, and uh, high-octane race fuel. So even cars get different gases, you know? But it's all gas. Mm -hmm. But it's not. Right. (laughs) You know? But... If you don't realize, you know, what's going on and how it registers in your body, you won't know. Mm. Because interestingly enough, if you put it in a car that takes 87, uh, 87 in a car that takes, you know, 93, it'll reduce the performance of the 93 car. Right. But also sometimes if you take the, the 93 octane and you put it into a car that takes 85 or 87, it could also damage the car. So taking higher quality fuel into a car that doesn't, isn't equipped for that. Mm-hmm can make it burn hotter, can make it break down quicker. So now you have a liability on your hands. So it's not actually helping you. Right. You know, it's making the car run hotter, which calcifies the system, breaks it down, Mm. overheats, you know, and then now you have a whole other problem. Right. So interestingly, you know, like my very first question here was, okay, so which diet is ideal for athletes? And what I'm taking in hearing you talk is actually – a varied diet is maybe more important than any one single or, you know, single way of eating. So eating whole natural foods in their minimally processed state, um, getting a variation of foods in your diet, which is probably maybe like the most important thing for people because we get so kind of stuck in our habits mm-hmm. and eating the same things and stuff. Um, you know, getting back to that like protein powder question, um, just the concept of like, isolating down the protein, you know, cause I've heard the recommendation that, you know, you want to take in protein 30 minutes after a workout. Is there, 
a reason that it would be better to like have a protein isolate versus just having a meal that contains protein, maybe also has some fats or some protein, or I'm sorry, fats and carbohydrates and other macros in it as well. There's science on both sides, okay. which is which is the irony and like the the uh, uh, so it just depends on who what you believe. You can find science on both sides of the coin. So people that'll say that's not true and there's science to back it up, and then people will say that is true and there's science to back it up. If you put it in your system and you monitor your results, mm. if you see a benefit, then there's there's truth to your own science. Mm-hmm. If your digestion isn't strong enough to handle food right after a workout and you put food into your system and you start getting cramps and bloating, maybe not a good idea, right? right? And so it all goes back to are you independently testing what's going on in your system or you're relying on someone else's science to to determine your truth? Right. When what I'm trying to say is you determine your own truth based on what reactions are occurring in your body and in your life. Mm -hmm. Because if your truth is you're a good person, but everyone around you is just saying, wow, that guy's a terrible human being, then then you have to look at that and go, okay, are the people around me just not for me? Or maybe I am just to have some unfavorable qualities that could benefit me by changing so I can be more in harmony with the people around me in my life, Mm. right? Whether it be a stranger, whether it be someone that's really close to me, because if a stranger is put off by it, maybe someone even close to me, I've been doing this to them for years, mm-hmm. right? And so it's all about, for me, it's all about figuring out how am I feeling after I eat this about two hours, one to two hours, if not immediately. Right. And so if you're sensitive enough, you can put it in your system and then a couple minutes later, you're like, shouldn't have done that, mm. you know? And, and so when you get clear and with what your body's needs are and you get clear with the feelings and the sensations that are given off by your body, you know, like for example, I I don't even know how many times where I've been in a polluted environment, whether it be someone's house has mold in it and I'll walk in and I'm like, my right shoulder will start throbbing. That's a liver detoxification pathways. And I go, yeah, okay. So my body is doing something to get rid of something. Mm -hmm. And if I just went and and just released my pack or I started stretching, that's not what I needed to do. My liver is telling me, okay, we're detoxing now. Mm. Time to just back up because we're overloaded here. Time to dissipate some heat into your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then I go drink some tea. I go take some milk thistle, something that can help aid the process of detoxification, not just take it every day, but when it needs it, Mm -hmm. supplement, (laughs) right? That's supplementing means is you add it when you need it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a true definition of it, but... (laughs) <laughs> that's what it means to me. It's a good working definition. Yeah, working definition. Thank you. Um, but, um, and then all of a sudden, once the detoxification pathways are cleared, my shoulder stops hurting. And there could be some residual tension from the my body r- kind of taking in all that heat. And then you go and release it. But it, to stop that in the process and worry about, oh my God, what's happening? I don't know what's happening. My shoulder hurts. I need to go see someone. And that's the common thing that happens because no one ever tells you about these things. Right. No one educates you about, yeah, your body does things and things react. You know, you mm-hmm. put salt, you put vinegar and baking soda together and you get a reaction. And so sometimes you put your body, let's say metaphorically, your body's made of vinegar and sometimes you accidentally put baking soda and you get a reaction. Mm. And if you don't determine or if you don't identify the fact that this even exists, that you could put something in your system and you get a reaction, then you're not going to be aware of it and you're just going to 
only react to what's happening,、mm. which is which is the immediate sensation or immediate sensations of whatever pain that could be occurring、right. in the body. But if you know, but once you get past that and have an awareness of, you know, I'm having sensations in my body. I'm having. I need feeling in my body, right? You need to register the feelings that are going in your body. You need to register that you. The difference between thinking and intuiting, like we, I think we talked about in the previous one, where someone talk, where you hear, where you, you start thinking about someone that you're haven't talked to in a while, and they call. That's、mm-hmm. intuiting, versus thinking about like a process that's occurring,、mm. right? Like when when you see me pause on one of these, it's always because I'm thinking instead of just letting my letting my truth be spoken. I always get caught up on a word, and I'm like, "Was that right?" And then I start thinking and backtracking, and then I'm not <laughs> talking. And so, when we get lost in、uh, the different processes, and we're not aware of the ones that we're in,、mm-hmm. we just think that we're we're just broken or something's not working right. Right. When really, it's a they're normal processes that happen in a human being.、Mm-hmm. Feeling is normal. Feeling emotions is normal. Feeling. You know how you think about yourself is normal. Thoughts are normal; they're part of the human existence. But the more we try to numb our pain, we lose that feeling. So we can't even feel what's going on in our bodies when we eat food that doesn't serve us.、Mm-hmm. Which is why that how many people do you know that eat clean and eat something bad, and they're like, "That was the worst decision of my life." Versus how many people eat very poorly and then eat something healthy, and they're like, "Don't notice anything." Yeah. Until they eat long enough that their body cleans up, and then they start. They're like. It's my birthday, you know. I'll go ahead and eat one piece of cake, and then they do, and they're like, "I should have chosen a different cake because I feel awful now." Right. And Interesting. So, and so that's the kind of the the spectrum that people fall into, and、mm-hmm. um, what people、uh, need to experience, and they will experience the healthier they get because all these get revived in a human being,、mm-hmm. assuming you also have awareness of what to, that they're there, and also what to do with them. Because they can also be very emotional, which is why you started to eat poorly in the first place. Right, coping with emotion, yeah, emotional stress. And, yeah, and that is so true.、Um, I mean, I'm definitely.、Uh, I think we can all observe that you know we'll be really sensitive to certain things, but then our awareness of other things can you know. I guess what I want to say is we don't have the same awareness of everything. So maybe we're like people that say like, "Oh, I'm super sensitive." They're like really hypersensitive to, you know, how someone treats them or how someone speaks to them or if somebody's, you know, being sarcastic or whatever. You have other people that are like not sensitive at all. They're not going to be phased by how someone talks to them. But it's the kind of the same thing, you know, with our bodies. Like you've got some people who can be incredibly aware of something not sitting with them right, or that they're. Digestive system is not happy with something. You walking into a house, noticing that your shoulder is bothering you, and like kind of knowing that you know that's probably my liver communicating with me because clearly I didn't do anything to my shoulder walking into this person's、mm-hmm. house.、Um, or unfortunately, I think where most people are at are kind of on that other side of the spectrum where there's very limited awareness of how foods affect them. You know, for you know, and we kind of started this. You know, podcasts kind of geared towards athletes. I would imagine most athletes are kind of more on that more aware side. They're eating healthier, they're eating cleaner, they've got a little bit more awareness of how things affect them. But for so many of us, we're largely unaware of how things affect us, or we've been eating a certain way for so long 
that the body like adapts to that way of eating. And now even though you're eating something that's actually really toxic for your body, your body's found a way to cope with it. It thinks that's the only thing around to eat. So it's just going to have to live with it. Um, and so we kind of like, you know, uh, the, the, the feeling bad becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh yeah, I just, I always have, I've got a bad back. I always have back pain. Oh yeah, I've got stomach issues. It doesn't matter what I eat. Everything hurts my stomach. Mm -hmm. There's just kind of this, um, you know, lack of, of, you know, listening to the body. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear uh, a lot of our yoga teachers and stuff talk about listening to the body. And, um, and I think for so many, you know, for so many people out there, you know, there's, Maybe they're really strong in like the physical side, but then they're not really like listening to their, how their body reacts to food or vice versa. The people that are kind of fixated more on the food side, but then they're maybe not listening to their body asking for more of a certain type of exercise or having some kind of like limited mobility or something that, you know, should probably mm -hmm. be addressed. Um, what would you say is the... I don't know, I guess for, for the people listening, like what would you recommend for them to start with? You know, if somebody's going like, all right, I want to transform my diet. I want to get healthy. I want to have all these athletic gains. Um, you know, is there, like, would you recommend that they kind of start, I guess, um, like paleo, so to speak? Like, you know, I know a lot of people kind of think paleo is like an all meat thing, but there's still lots of vegetables mm -hmm. in a paleo diet too, or that they start vegan or... Before I answer that, I want to piggyback off what you said. And um, you were saying people that don't eat, that they eat poorly, they adapt. A better word is numb. Mm. Adapting means your body's chemistry will change and now use that efficiently. Numb is you don't feel that it's terrible for your body anymore. The uh, body numbs itself so yeah. that it can, you know survive as you continue assaulting I mean if you if you day. wake up every morning and you're blindly hungry and you ignore your body's request for food because you're on an intermittent fasting kick or whatever eventually it'll go away and you're like great my body adapted or it numbed to the point where this guy's not going to listen you know mm. I've had I've had tons of clients that come in and they go oh my back is killing me and I go oh that goes all the way down to my toes and I go well well when do your toes start hurting oh they don't hurt anymore they're numb so the different levels, there are different stages mm. of pain. Right. And after you don't get physical pain, shooting pain, uh, st uh, stinging, no. Physical, shooting, tingling, numbing. So wow. after it progresses through that, then as we get them healthier, they notice, oh, my toes or my feet start hurting again. Good. You're feeling great. Yeah. That's a good thing. How is that a good thing? And then I have to explain, you know. What do you? What kind of what kind of medication do you take for pain? Painkillers. If you kill the pain teacher, you mm. kill the lesson. Yeah. And so if you kill the lesson, you can't really you can't really know what your body's telling you, which mm -hmm. is what you're asking me. Where do they start? And my recommendation is starting with your with what your heritage is, and mm. eat what you're not used to eating. Okay. So from like for example, I'm from Eastern Europe. We eat lots of meat. Lots of vegetables, and and you can and so what people miss on these polar type things is if you really want to get into it and how we used to eat is in the in the winter you don't eat fruits because they didn't exist mm -hmm. you know you eat more root vegetables but root vegetables have too many carbs in them and starch in them but you're missing the point 
right. because your body recognizes that change is coming and it's already pre-adapted into your DNA that this is happening. Wow. And so if you're if that if you try that and it works for you, and what is that nature's built-in version of variety? Mm-hmm. You know, you cut out fruits, then you cut out, you know, then you cut out starch in the summer, you eat more fruits in the in the summer, fruits and, you know, watery vegetables and and sugary f- fruits in the in the summer, and then you eat more uh, heavy carbohydrates in the winter, you eat more fat because it's available, mm-hmm. and you eat more root vegetables because they're available and they last. And so starting there mm-hmm. and then um but mostly eating clean so figuring out um getting on uh, getting on a meat rotation so you don't eat the same thing every day eating simply and most people think they need a casserole of like healthy stuff but realizing that there that just is more stuff for your body to process because just like if you get vitamin a now it has to process all the c- you know chemicals out of vitamin a the fillers and all that stuff so your liver and organs have to do that now it has to absorb vitamin A, but it can't usually do that. It has to be absorbed with other nutrients. Mm. So now your body has to find those nutrients and then escort them in versus if you eat an apple or a carrot, you will get the vitamin A perfectly packaged with all the other nutrients the way nature designed. And so even if you juice it, you're still creating the the, the combination of those vitamins and minerals and also the potentially, or I guess blending, would you'd keep the starch with it to allow the blood sugar to not be so spiked right away because of the blood sugar. So depending on if someone has candida or fungus and you give it sugar, you're causing problems. It's hard to just give you one. Right. But so what? Right. What? Um, it's important to eat clean. So if you're going to eat an animal, you have to find out how is that animal naturally raised and where can I find it? Where can I find this sourced food? So if it's chicken, you want to find a pasture-raised chicken that's just running around. And if you want, if you find a cow pasture, you know they're not getting supplemented with grains and corn and candy and and hormones, hormones and, and things other. like that. And so if you're looking for a lamb, lamb just walks around and eats things. And so if you ever seen a lamb at the zoo, they just eat everything. So <laughs> make sure they have enough grass that they can eat. And so then you're eating that lamb and pig. Same thing. They're not eating just tremendous amounts of garbage. And I've known farmers that feed their their pigs only leftovers, and they've had been on dairy farms. They fed them like milk that they couldn't sell. And mm. so they're getting raw milk and food scraps and supplemented with some other food that that they've got for them. Mm. So they're not just purely eating just whatever gets put in front of them, like corn and soy and wheat and mm-hmm. and completely unhealthy because they are, they will eat anything. And so same thing with fish. Was it farmed? Was it, was it caught in the wild? So it's looking at the best quality because you're worth it mm. and you should eat like you're worth it, you know, because if you're going to eat like you're cheap, people are going to treat you like you're cheap and it's going to, it's going to be a theme in your life. Mm. And, and if you want to feel cheap, eat cheap. And if you want to take the time to not have the money to spend on having to pay your deductibles and go to the doctor, use that money to take care of yourself. And if you have an accident, that's, you know, that's, it's pain coming to teach you a lesson about something, bringing mm-hmm. the community together. But if you're practicing s- so many positive health practices, like finding the best quality of everything, eating organic, because not only if you, on a quantum physics level, if you don't eat good quality food, when everything gets broken down, everything gets received as light and information. Everything gets broken down, right? Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I can't remember if it was Carl Yoon that says this, but the consciousness of the animal has to be killed for you not to become that animal. Mm. So if you eat a cow, 
the consciousness of the cow has to die or else you turn into a cow, right? And so your, your body has to disassociate the two and, and the, what's left is building blocks. But mm. the life of the animal and the quality of life of the animal still goes inside. It's a little out there, but it's nothing short of quantum physics that says light and information carries with it right. inside of these things. We're made up of light and light carries waves of information. And so, and, and vibration. And so when you put this in your system, you're also putting in the consciousness of whatever you're eating into mm-hmm. your system. So if you eat canned food that's dead, you're putting in noble life in your system. You're just putting in building blocks. And how many people have been in a home that's well-crafted, but it didn't feel like there was any life in it. Mm-hmm. There was no like, oh, I could live here. It just feels like a box. No, it just feels very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and doesn't feel like home, right? But it's beautiful, but it doesn't feel like home. It's because there's missing life in it. And there's so many things like that. Art, you know, art is, and we're not even talking about food anymore. We're talking about things that carry information, which is you know, how it relates to food. But art, you can look at it and it gives you life, but it's just paints, just colors assembled in, a, in an order that when you look at it, it brings you inspiration or sadness or makes you feel or makes you think and interpret and, you know, brings value to your life and life into your, and love into your heart by looking at a painting, mm-hmm. you know, and the same thing happens with food, you know? And so if you don't get the best quality food, the consciousness of that food is going to go into you and it's going to create its own chaos, which your body has to filter out, Wow. you know, because they've done studies on plants. They feel everything. They can sense your intentions. And on top of that, there's a whole micro or there's a whole microcosm of um, systems that there's no ecosystem underneath the soil, mm-hmm. like like the fungus killing parasites and feeding it to the plant, which eats it, and then it produces more sugar for the fungus to eat, which kills the parasites, and then and it's a whole cycle. Right. So if you take fungicide and you kill the fungus, nothing feeds the parasite. The parasite kills the 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 plant, and the plant dies because it doesn't have anything to eat. And then now everyone above ground is now suffering because they don't have any food because they've put fungicide. Same mm. thing with parasites. Mm. Well, if you killed all the parasites, well, what is the fungus going to feed the, the plant? Right. And it's this beautiful ecosystem. And so when you in, truly inspire the vitality of the plant, the parasites don't eat it and the bugs don't eat it. It's only the unhealthy plants that the bugs and parasites are naturally designed to take apart. Wow. So healthy Food, just like healthy people, inspire, when you increase the vitality, inspire health. Mm -hmm. Because health and disease are on the opposite sides of the spectrum. They don't exist in the same place. So if you go more towards health by treating your body with respect and eat the right foods and make sure your body gets what it needs on a, not only a macro level, but on a quantum physics, light and information level, which Mm -hmm. means you even... Saying a quick little prayer, thank you for thank you for nourishing my body. Thank you for nourishing my mind. Thank you for giving yourself so I can eat and continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. That gets into the food. Even water, they've done experiments on water. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those when they when yeah, they take the water and they flash freeze the water? And the negative water had jagged lines and, and the positive water had beautiful symmetrical crystals and you know, it's, it's very real, mm-hmm. but we can't, we, we forget it. Right. Because now food is just like 
it's so abundant mm-hmm. that and, that we can just you know we're safe enough that we're focusing on other things like what are we doing what what's our job and right. you know when am I going to play my next event next and when am I going to go work out and when am I going to have the next social event and mm-hmm. when really enlightenment is right there in front of you with the food that you're eating and taking in your system and once you become in harmony with what you're doing and what kind of food you're taking in you becomes uh, you become healthy yeah. and so to finally add in what I recommend it's eating the best quality foods, making sure you're feeling, and keep a journal, and make sure you're feeling two, to, two, hour, two hours later, oh, I felt sluggish. Okay, write, write that down. What did I eat? Maybe I had too much fat. Oh, I felt really wired and jittery. Okay, well, and then I crashed. Or well, maybe I had too much sugar. Let me see what I ate. And just monitor what you're doing, mm-hmm. because if you have no monitoring and you don't have a good memory, and you can't like fo- like photographically remember what you had. It's going to be hard to go back and really dissect what you ate right. and put everything down. Even the cookie that didn't matter, that didn't exist because it was after ten o'clock and no one was watching. Put that down because <laughs> I all think of- the cookie at ten o'clock when no one was watching <laughs> might be the biggest problem. <laughs> but all of that, yeah, you know, it, it's it it does make a difference when you monitor your food and mm-hmm. you look it up. And I have my clients do tons of food logs and poop logs and sleep logs and water logs and, um, Lincoln logs. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln logs. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the poop, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to, when you go from what's right for, for someone cutting out all the artificial sweeteners, cutting out the, white processed sugar, cutting out the soy, cutting out the uh, dairy, cutting out the gluten are the are the stereotypical or the most common inflammatory or that, that you get the common most common inflammatory responses in the body. Mm-hmm. And you cut those out and then you'll start understanding what it's like to feel what your body's going through. Yeah. And then based on that, because it's hard to say that because there's so many people with candida and parasites, it can confuse them into what their body is telling them mm-hmm. because they're speaking through you. Right. The candida is, is as, craving the sugar. And yeah. then you're like, oh, I have all these sugar cravings and I don't know why. And it's like, well, yeah, something's like actually overriding your own, yeah. um, you yeah. know, your body's own desires, so to speak. And on top of that, remember we talked about adrenaline junkies? Adrenaline junkies feed on adrenaline. If you damage your gut enough, it'll pro- start producing enough adrenaline that'll mask your pain. So now you'll start hearing people going, I can't live without this one thing. Mm. Just the same way I can't live without mountain biking. I can't live without skydiving. I can't live without putting myself in danger. Mm-hmm. Is because now they've been dependent on the drugs that they're, when their body is in so much pain, release endorphins, mm-hmm. mask the pain, and then you can do what you're, you're doing to cause your, your problems. But then your problems show up elsewhere unrelated to the food. Mm. So... If you just eat clean, minimize what the, the, the what five or six things I just said, mm-hmm. and use the best quality sources, because even though you can't tell or taste the difference sometimes between the difference between a regular apple and an organic apple, especially if you've been eating processed food long enough, mm-hmm. then it, giving the body a chance to detoxify all that stuff and really follow, they say 80-20, but for people that are just starting off, I call it being pregnant. It's either you're pregnant or you're not, right? You're mm-hmm. pregnant, and then tomorrow you're not pregnant, that's okay. 
but then you can't be pregnant again and then not pregnant again. And you can't be, it, the body doesn't, it can't impregnate, you know, it can't fertilize an egg that quickly. Right. So it's either you are or you aren't long enough for your body to heal. Mm-hmm. So pick something, do it long enough and see what your body reacts. A good, a good time frame about two months for your body to really get rid of the negative symptoms. And if, and f- when you start experimenting with food quality or food, uh, food quantities and food, um, varieties, not quality, we don't experiment with quality, right? <laughs> but the varieties and quantities and different things you can mix and match and try different things and then, and then see how your body adapts to them. Mm-hmm. Whether you become too sluggish, where you become too, too energetic, whether you want to take a nap, whether, you know, a- and, as you as you get healthier, you'll notice your if your energy and vitality go up, you're going to notice oh my skin's clearing up whoa I'm less bloated and those are the signs you're looking for for mm-hmm. is health yeah health related symptoms that you know that you previously didn't have which could be oh wow I don't need my coffee this today I feel like I have enough energy but I'm conditioned myself to drink coffee but I don't think I need it. Mm follow that thought, play it out. If you crash later in the day and you go, okay, maybe I'll just drink half a cup of coffee because that'll carry me through. And then you're just like, wow, I I can fly through my whole day without drinking any stimulants. That's fascinating. I've Mm -hmm. never been able to do that before. Those are the symptoms you're looking for because it's not always like, you know, hey, I'm ripped now, you know, (laughs) or my hair turned a different color. I changed my diet yesterday, woke up today, and I'm a supermodel. Yeah. (laughs) My body completely transformed overnight. Yeah. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. Yeah, it's looking at looking at real things that you didn't have before, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't be aware of them if you don't note, notate them or take right. them down, you right. know? And so um, that's my only recommendation because it's, you know, I, I can't ethically and morally... Well, I, can, I guess I can ethically, but I can't morally give uh, a script because it's not that easy. And then here's the kicker. As you get really receptive, things change every day. Yeah. And one day you'll work out and your variety will be a whole different. And one day you'll wake up and you're like, I'm craving beans. But I remember reading somewhere that they had lectins and I can't eat lectins. But my body is telling me I want beans and only beans and not garbanzo. I want black beans. This happened to me. And I felt amazing eating black beans. And, and uh, I just couldn't get enough. Like It was like two weeks. I just couldn't get enough beans. My skin cleared up. My energy went up. And I don't. Wow. no one could argue with me enough because everything functions. Yeah, because you experienced better. for yourself. Yeah. You're like, I'm functioning better. I feel better. I love the example of like clearer skin, better energy, 
whatever. Um, all those little things that like I mentioned earlier, we kind of get used to. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just have bad skin. Oh, I just have a bad back. Oh, I just always have digestive issues, mm-hmm. whatever. You start seeing those things come up. You experience it for yourself. And like, I, it sounds silly, but I like to say it. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, um, and I love that example. Like you listen to your body and maybe sometimes it, you know, flies in the face of what this person said or that person said or this person said I have to have this. Um, You know, there's this big, um, you know, emphasis now on like if it fits my macros and I get so many emails, people asking me, oh, can you just tell me which, what, well, you know, what macro ratio should I follow? What macro ratio do you follow? And I'm just like, well, I don't even want to like, A, I don't really track my macros. I just eat the things I want to eat and that I crave and I'm and I don't count my calories and I don't like I am sorry but I just don't do that like I would encourage you to listen to your body but people want for whatever reason there's like a desire to like I just want to like you know fit myself into this you know particular thing like I may be around cylinder but I'm gonna fit myself in this square hole Um, and then they're like, well, now I'm following all the recommendations of this person or that fitness instructor or whatever. And why don't I look like them? Or why don't I have the results? Or why do I feel so crummy? And I'm like, well, it's because you're not listening to what your body's trying to tell you. And it's ridiculous to think that you can just plug every person into this same macro ratio Mm -hmm. thing. Um, and, and expect that everyone's going to have the same reaction. Uh, I love that you keep bringing up, uh, eating locally eating seasonally. I mean, those are two things that, uh, interestingly enough, like if you looked at the progression of time, like in the beginning, that's all there was. There were no other options. Mm -hmm. There was no like, oh, I'm going to eat some, you know, fruit that was grown in another country thousands of miles away across an ocean. It just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's really just in the last, I don't know, couple hundred years that the idea of like transporting foods to other places and then the grocery store and the idea that you would have a store where there's foods from tons of different places, you know, grown in whatever season, whatever. So in the middle of winter, you could go buy strawberries and cucumbers. Um, I mean, that's just the norm now. Mm -hmm. And even like trying to make a recommendation for people to eat more locally and eat more seasonally. Like, I'm glad that that's coming more more into the mainstream. Um, but as a recommendation for people, I think even that is like, wait, what? <laughs> um, here in Austin, we're really lucky. We have lots of farmer's markets. So eating locally and seasonally is something that you can you can uh, reasonably do by visiting mm-hmm. your farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. Um, are there resources that you would recommend people look to, to try and follow a more like seasonal or I mean I guess local diet would be pretty obvious like trying well, to have with, the things that are grown near you yeah but it's it's where your ancestors from what was growing near them mm. so it's not what's growing in Austin right. it's what's growing where you are from mm-hmm. and all that changes when you mix uh, genes and so if you have someone that's from Ukraine and you meet someone that's from Ecuador and they merge their genes you just have to kind of guess and see what the the child reacts to Mm -hmm. and so that once again you have to figure out what their needs are and the mom could eat different than the dad and if they eat one and if they both eat the same they could have terrible one of them could have terrible health health uh outcomes and so when you look at whatever the kid is eating that's what they're going to be eating but you know now everything is like a one one thing fits everybody Mm -hmm. and it's just not true and 
there are so many variations to things that even the things I'm saying, there's always a reason why you shouldn't do that thing because, you know, there's a counterindication for everything. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is generally accurate for most people. And when you rely on other people's information, it creates a codependent relationship. Yeah. I'm depending on this person to provide me with the information. And if this person doesn't provide it for me, I'm going to look for someone else. And if that one doesn't do it, and guess what? When I find someone that does it, I'm going to sing their praises and say everyone should do it. Right. And that's how you get the people who are like, everyone has to be vegan. Everyone has to be paleo. Exactly. Keto. Yeah. Uh, God, there's just so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And considering when you look at like cultures like India, which didn't have cold temperatures, and they had to use spices to kill the parasites in their food and preserve their food. Mm. So that is a true adaptation to spicy food because their body is actually able to tolerate that without getting ulcers and leaky gut and terrible problems. But now we're just like, oh, it tastes delicious. Let's see if we can adapt to it. And then how many people have gut issues now because they're just just chowing down on spicy food mm-hmm. and just creating all sorts of problems for themselves. You're eating the hot peppers and stuff like that, you know, the world's hottest pepper and then just creating massive oh, amounts yeah. of problems for themselves. But that's an adaptation, Compared to someone that could eat like an Eskimo and eat nothing but whale blubber, you know, have a high cholesterol and have no risk of heart disease. And so, but if you took that guy and took an Eskimo and you put him on an Indian diet and fed him curries with spices, he probably wouldn't do very well. Right. And so we're different. Mm-hmm. And that's what a hard, it's hard for people to understand. Right. And when you develop a relationship with self, you become more aware of what your needs are. And once you understand what your needs are, you can figure out what your dream is. Then you can figure out what your core values are, what you stand for. Mm-hmm. Because once you realize what you stand for, you know where you're going and you know what to say no to because you right. ha- your, power of, your power of yes really doesn't have a value until you understand what your power of no is. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't say no to things, then everything doesn't, you know, oh, this guy doesn't say yes to, he says yes to everything, you know? Oh, you want gluten? Yeah, let's give it to him. Oh, you want artificial sweeteners? Yeah, let's give it to him. You know, you want some whatever. Mm-hmm. He'll say yeah. But if you're like, no, that's not that goes against my value. I cannot support that going into my body. And if people respect that, that's 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 your body. Mm-hmm. Right? But how many and this goes back into beliefs. How many people stem that belief into so many other things, whether it be politics, religion, and now your food, now your medicine, now the way you should treat yourself and I get there's experience in some of these things but there's too many closed boxes here mm-hmm. and it's and the diet community is a huge one yeah and so when you start unfolding these layers and you become more independent you go wow today I need a tomato and I don't care about lectins and yeah. I don't care about nightshades because my body is craving these for the right reasons not because of parasites, not because of fungus. And because interesting enough, I've, I eat lots of tomatoes and I had a, a colonic one day and I was, you could see the tube and I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if I'm going to see any, any skins. Cause I eat a lot of red peppers and I eat a lot of tomatoes and the amount of skin I maybe saw the whole time. Cause I was very fascinated, like one to two small pieces of skin in the tube 
and I eat a lot of nightshades. <laughs> and so even the, the, co- the concept of your, your body doesn't digest, maybe you just don't chew. Mm. You can't digest. The digestion starts in your mouth when you chew it, you know, actually when you touch your lips and starts breaking down with your saliva. But you, you got you to gotta chew your food. Mm-hmm. Most people are just, you know, take a huge food, a mouthful and chew a couple times and just swallow it. Yeah. And of course you're not going to digest that. Yeah. You know, and of course, if you have too much meat in your system and you don't chew it, it's going to rot in your system and cause problems. Of course. Just the same way as if you leave food in your garbage and don't take it out, it's going to cause rot and it's going to smell. Man, the garbage stinks. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's, that's kind of what I was getting at is, is the fact that if you digest your food and you chew your food and you listen to your body and if your body could tell you to eat cabbage for a week. And it might be completely against macros and completely against anything that's ever told you. But who knows better, someone else or you or your body knows. Mm. Applied kinesiology and muscle testing was literally designed on the concept of your body knows better than we do. Yeah. And that's all it does. It tells you constantly mm-hmm. what's going on in your body. And so we just aren't brave enough to listen because we're afraid to accept the journey of self of self. Um, accountability mm. and and responsibility yeah. because if someone else fails me i'm not a failure it's hard to take responsibility yeah. for things and that yeah. comes up in a lot of different areas um it definitely <laughs> stems right into all these questions that i get i'm sure that you get as well what do i eat how much do i this how many macros how many grams of protein do i need mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it, uh, it relegates the decision-making to someone else so that you don't have to take responsibility for it later. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved you, you know, kind of talking about, uh, just chewing your food really thoroughly, um, to kind of close this out. Can you offer any other little tips and tricks for people, um, just to better digest the foods they're eating? So things like chewing really thoroughly. Um, you spoke a little while ago about, um, like saying, saying a little uh, gratitude or grace mm-hmm. for your food. Um, there was somebody on a, a previous episode that was talking about that and how like probably one of the big reasons that saying grace, saying a, a prayer before the meal became such a staple and is still a staple in so many different cultures um, is because it helps to put your body into that parasympathetic state. Um, the rest and digest. And we talked a lot about that in the previous podcast and how important it is um, to make sure that you're spending ample amount of time in that parasympathetic state where your body's digesting, repairing, cleaning up. Um, So I love that little recommendation that like, yeah, you do something to make sure that you're in a really relaxed state before you eat. Um, I love saying grace. I love that, Mm -hmm. you know, aspect of you know, giving gratitude, which in and of itself, neurological science has shown that like just the act of trying to think of something you're grateful for, Mm -hmm. whether you come up with something or not, just the act of thinking, uh, you know, thoughts of gratitude has all of these powerful, like positive effects Mm -hmm. on your brain chemistry and releasing, you know, Mm -hmm. those happy hormones, so to speak. Yeah, it's a moment of mindfulness. And I don't think anyone's ever been at the table saying grace because their intention so when your intention, your intention, you're thinking of whatever your 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 uh, your mind is on whatever you're thinking about, mm-hmm. and so when you're thinking about your idea of what God is, providing you nourishing food, no one's ever like thanks God for giving me food. You know they're always like thank you, and they're over. You know they're yeah. humbled and 
even if it's for just for that one moment. And then they go back to gluttonously eating their food on Thanksgiving or whatever it is, you know. But uh, um, it's it's practicing that throughout your life mm. consistently is what enlightenment is. Can you do that all the time, yeah. <laughs> you know? And But to improve your digestion, saying things like mind, being mindful about what you're eating is going to help. Drinking water 30 minutes before you eat. Not during, because then it'll dilute the food that you're eating. So a lot of people will pound, you know, sodas or or power drinks or water or tea or coffee while they're eating, and it's just going to dilute the stomach acids. So that means you're not actually digesting your food. Mm. It's just in a soup, you know. Yeah. And so, especially if you're eating something that takes a lot of digestion, po- digestive power, like heavy starches or or meat, especially high saturated fat meat, and you're just created a soup for it and diluted the hydrochloric acid um especially alkaline water don't drink alkaline water with food that's very seems like very counterintuitive to me um and uh chewing your food uh there's a saying uh swallow your swallow your solids chew your liquids right so you so uh, uh drink your solids chew your liquids oh so blend them yeah okay yeah, so you, so even when you're drinking water, you want to kind of chew on it, so it stimulates digestion. Mm-hmm. When you're eating, you want to you want it to be so liquefied that it just you could drink it, mm-hmm. or else your body has to process it, which takes energy, which takes you away from absorbing nutrients. Because eventually, you know, there's gonna be some something next in line pushing the next thing out, unless right. you inflame, and then yeah, it'll sit in there and you'll have toxicity issues. And that's a whole other problem, right. if people can sense the visual effect of what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else will help with digestion? I'm I'm real uh, I'm a little nervous to point out supplementation, because if people aren't aware of how to take it and how to feel, how do they feel on it? Mm-hmm. So people like, for example, with the gallbladder issues that got it taken out. I recommend them taking like bile salts because it's good for helping break down saturated fats. And hydrochloric acid is helpful at times. Here, let me just like, because this is awesome. I don't want to stop. Let me just back this up a little yeah. bit. Because hydrochloric... Got to press play? Yeah. So, because hydrochloric acid is great for people when they need it, but some people can't tell when they should get off of it and it can ruin their digestive system by being too acidic Mm. so um getting the just regular clean water stimulates enough digestive processes to allow digestion to occur also what helps digestion is making sure your your atlas is not out of alignment your c1 vertebrae because your, your vagus nerve goes through your c1 vertebrae and and innervates your stomach and part of your digestive system i can't remember exactly which one and so with if your if your vagus nerve is impinged it's not getting the signal to start the process just because you so with the metaphor is just because you have enough gas in your car if you don't have the the signal turn the car over Mm -hmm. there's no there's no fuel going into the engine and making the car run right and so you can be eating organic but if you're vagus nerve is impinged via your atlas or somewhere down the chain, you're not going to get proper digestion. Interesting. So if your body's physically out of alignment, the organs also suffer and your digestion suffers. So if you're sitting there, you know, in poor posture or, you know, out of alignment or 
lots of asymmetries and you're starting to eat better, you also need to make sure that you realign yourself, which means you might need to see a nuka chiropractor, a check practitioner, a neurosomatic therapist, someone that is qualified to, a Blair chiropractor uh, to, to work on your atlas or your mm-hmm. C1 vertebrae. Um, what else can help? I mean, it's just infinite amount of things because mm-hmm. if you're backed up, you're probably not going to digest. So it's learning how to detoxify your system because if you have too much, it's just going to create more waste. Right. Um, but helping with digestion. Um, some people would would benefit from a, a good multivitamin just to get them um, a high-quality one, organic one, something that is um, doesn't have fillers, especially as... Um, you've been nutrition, uh, nutritionally deprived for long enough, mm-hmm. you need extra to start and pulling off of it. Remember it's a supplement, right? You add it in. Um, I mean, there's so many things that can help with digestion. I'm not yeah. really, I'm not really, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you had mentioned, you know, talking about, um, not drinking water with your meal while you're eating, not certainly not drinking alkaline water because you want the stomach itself to be very acidic. Um, so when we think about like heartburn and things like that, and then people take antacids and Tums, um, we've had a couple of different people, um, on the YouTube channel, you know, recommend, uh, rather than taking the antacid to actually take something like apple cider vinegar, because by increasing the acidity, your body will actually be better able to digest the food rather than just like numbing the pain, so to speak. Yeah, there's a couple of reasons why people get, uh, well, I'm sure there's a slew of reasons, but there's a couple common reasons that people get heartburn. Um, they could even have like a hiatal hernia is when the stomach goes up through the diaphragm and then it gets locked up. And then eventually what ends up happening is the, is the there's no there's no valve to close the stomach off. So the, so the hydrochloric acid just goes into the esophagus and it feels like it's burning. Right not enough hydrochloric acid. So your body is deficient in it. And so it'll start to try to bubble it up once again, go through the, through the, um, um, up, up into the esophagus, cause pain and burning sensation. And both of those, one of them needs, um, uh, a manual release and getting, uh, getting the stomach or the, getting the stomach, uh, out of, your uh, out of your diaphragm mm-hmm. and and then and then it won't be so the, the sphincter to the stomach won't be open or it won't be splashing up into your esophagus the other one is taking the hydrochloric acid like i was suggesting and but to really take it you have to make sure that you're monitoring your sim- symptoms carefully because if you do have a lot of hydrochloric acid mm-hmm. and you're reading these symptoms as too much or not enough hydrochloric acid and you take hydrochloric acid, you can get an ulcer, oh. right? And other leaky gut, other health problems. Mm-hmm. But if you take it and you notice that your digestion gets better and then you take, you're taking it for, you know, three months, six months, or maybe less. And all of a sudden you notice you're getting heartburn again, get off of it, which means your body's producing enough hydrochloric acid mm-hmm. so that you don't need more. And so that's why it's a tricky feeling because it's hard to, it's hard to recommend that to someone that I can't monitor in mm-hmm. person because they are, I don't know what they're doing. Right. I don't know what they're eating. I don't know what their sleep is like. Mm-hmm. Sleep is going to help you with the, your digestion, you know? And so I don't, I can't, I can't monitor their results. It could be that they're drinking too much alcohol and getting heartburn, you know, something yeah. that's causing nothing to do with hydrochloric acid, nothing to do with, you know, hiatal hernias. They're just eating poorly and mm. it's irritating their stomach lining and it's causing everything to slosh around and giving them heartburn. Um, 
or they're eating too many acidic foods, you know, and it's just burning their, their body up. And so, um, it's looking at, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to just give one solution Mm -hmm. when there are so many factors because we're human, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different experiences that make us who we are that influence the what we put in our body and the way we eat and the way we think and the way we process and the way we receive information the way we Mm -hmm. give information but um uh that's that's my take on like tums or yeah things like that because sometimes it you could be producing too much so in a case that someone takes hydrochloric acid makes too much or they're they're irritating their gut that will be helpful but most of the time is they're not getting enough But to have someone carefully monitor you while you take a substance that can give you an ulcer is is necessary. Right. And so maybe even that may be maybe even the thing that helps you develop feeling in the first place. Going, wow, I feel better. Oh, I feel terrible again. Right. Stop taking it. Huh? I feel good. Okay. And then all of a sudden, now you're like, wow, I'm digesting food better. I'm eliminating better. I'm sleeping better. And why? Because my body's not digesting food when I'm sleeping. Because it's digest, digested, moving on, mm-hmm. absorbing nutrients, and now it's getting leaving my body through the other end, right? And so, um, yeah, that's kind of my take about antacids. Yeah. No, and thank you for sharing that. And I think that, you know, it definitely sounds like kind of a take-home message, so to speak, is that you know, because all of our bodies are different and are ever changing, that if we can just stop trying to plug ourselves into this little puzzle piece or that little puzzle piece, and then expect that once you find something that works for a little while, that like, oh, that's good, I found the diet I'm gonna eat for the rest of my life, um, that all of that is just kind of like faulty, so to speak, knowing that you should be um, increasing your awareness of how things affect you, um, working with a practitioner one-on-one who can help because, you know, as we've mentioned several times, like we just can't see what's going on internally. So working with someone who knows how to um, look at the body's symptoms and the different reactions, and I'm sure you're looking at a lot of other things as well, um, to really kind of get an insight, so to speak, into all of those things that we can't see so that we, you know, have a little bit more informed decision as we go through rather than just, you know, oh, my favorite YouTuber told me I should eat this way mm-hmm. or this person who, you know, has the body that I want or lifts the amount of weight that I want. I'm going to try and like plug myself into the what they do and expect that it'll work for mm-hmm. me too. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that I was, as you were talking, I was able to formulate kind of what I'm trying to say about food is what you don't want to be is dogmatic. Mm. And the beauty of the information age and with technology is the fact that you can see all of these different ways to eat vegan, pescatarian, keto, uh, whatever, gluten-free and, and even jerf, just eat real food. Right. (laughs) And so there's so many ways keto and there's so many ways to eat as long as you don't compromise on quality. Mm -hmm. They have pretty good guidelines to what kind of foods fit in that kind of scenario or in Mm -hmm. that kind of meal plan. And then once you go, well, I do better on meat and fat. What other what other diets go well with meat and fat? And then you'll go, oh, maybe two years later, three years later, five years later, you go, well, I'm not exercising as much. I don't think I need as much meat and protein and fat. Let me try to go more like pescatarian. Oh, that feels that feels you know I'm I'm eating a lot of fish and vegetables a lot. Well, what do pescatarians eat? Let's go look it up. And then you go look it up and you go, wow, these are all the foods that fit. Mm -hmm. I love all these foods. They make me feel really good. 
And then so you have all these different guidelines, but the one thing that separates paleo is it's all about new age fruits, right? So there's some things you can't, you can't eat stone fruits, but if your body is, and if your ancestry is adapted to it and it f- creates a positive result, I don't the science doesn't mean anything, right. especially if it creates a positive result, just like in quantum physics, the double slit theory, when the scientists turn around and the proton is supposed to pick a side. If you're familiar with that, the double slit theory? Not actually. No? They, they were shooting the proton, proton, single proton through two slits. And usually when, when they were watching it, it picks a slit. And when, it, when they turned around to, monitor the re, or to, to write the results down, when they turned around, they noticed that the dots were a lot of different places. So they were like, well, there's only one, and it has to pick a side. Mm-hmm. But how did it not do that? And sometimes they even went through both holes. So how do they do that? They determine consciousness is, determines the outcome of your reality. So whatever you perceive is what's going to happen. So if it has to pick a hole, it's going to pick a hole. Mm-hmm. But if the consciousness isn't on that wave right now, on that information, on the, on the proton laser or on that proton specifically, it's going to do whatever it wants. And they did that unintentionally. They found that out. Wow. And so I forgot what my point was before, before talking about that quantum physics. What was I saying? Do you remember? Um, having the consciousness of our decision, listening to our body, not just, you know, acting like our yeah. body is like, oh, okay, well, I'm following the guidelines of this diet, so I'm just going to only like these things. When mm-hmm. your body craves something that's maybe not... Mm-hmm. so-called a part of the diet that you're doing or whatever. Yeah. Ex- yeah, just, yeah, just don't be dogmatic, I guess is yeah. what, my, what my process is. Because one day you may get injured and then you're, you're going to lose body mass or you may have a spiritual a moment where you're not going to want to exercise anymore as, as, as heavily. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, you may, you may heal a relationship and then you go, wow, I don't want to do that thing that I've been torturing myself with. And then your dietary requirements change because you're no longer exerting your body so heavily. Mm-hmm. And so you just change the way you eat. And But if you're dogmatically, like an easy one is coll- collegiate athletes, collegiate swimmers who are in the pool two to four hours a day, maybe more, and they're shoveling down 10, 15,000 calories a day, if not more, no less than 5,000 calories. Five to 15 is the general range that I've heard. Wow. Because in order to swim in a pool for that long, you need food. Mm-hmm. Well, now they leave college. They're no longer swimmers, but they're still not full from the amount of food that they've eaten, and they've not adapted to eating less. So what do they do? They eat a lot. They don't exercise as much as vigorously. Mm-hmm. Their body starts f- falling apart, or they get injured swimming, and then they can't sustain that anymore. Yeah. And that metabolism drive, and they never cycle it back down properly. And so it creates a huge imbalance in the person's digestive system and the person's psyche and the, the way they see themselves and it becomes a problem. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's being okay with change mm-hmm. because everything changes every year, every single cell of our body changes from our bone cells to our organ cells, to our eye cells. We literally change as we come out of our mother's wombs back until we go into the ground Every time we, every, every day, every second, every millisecond, every nanosecond, we're changing. Everything is changing. So the concept of we don't change is complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. Everything. If you can describe 
the universe is something. It is not not ch- something that doesn't change. It's something that is so full of pure potential that it's always changing. Mm-hmm. And so the purpose of change is to experience new things. And so when your body adapts to something and you get older and you need a new thing, you adapt and you change and you, you develop experience. You can go, wow, I changed my diet and I feel better. Now you can provide that insight for other people. Alex, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the program. Um, you just blew my mind with all of this. I'm so appreciative. I definitely want to have you come back. There's so many things that came up in this conversation that we can delve into more. Um, kind of one of the main things that uh, we had talked about before the shoot was that you actually coach coaches, mm-hmm. and then that didn't end up coming coming up <laughs> yeah. at all. So in our future uh, future discussions, maybe we can get into that topic yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that'd be bit. great. Um, so thank you so much for being yeah, here. My pleasure. Thank and you. And I'm very excited me. to have you on the program again. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the program. You can learn more about Alex at primalfusionhealth.com. And if you want to see the full one hour interview video of this podcast, you can check it out on wellnessplus.tv along with hundreds of other health and wellness videos. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and hope you'll join us again soon. Thanks. The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.